0: Welcome back to another episode of Hype A with me, Cristalina Fischetti, as your host. Um, These introductions are always like the same, usually. Um, But today we have Phoebe, Phoebe Wingrove. Phoebe is a photographer based in Bryson, England, in the UK, and she's recently had her first solo show on the theme, In the Dark. Capturing her cervix, yes, you heard it right, capturing her cervix on camera as an act of healing and awareness of women's experience of HPV. We're going to be getting into it on this episode 10 with Phoebe live from Brighton today and we're going to be hearing more about her solo show as well as her capturing images of other creatives that I know myself. She's captured my friends as well and amazing painters, artists, Um, on social media in particular that have a really high following so let's welcome Phoebe. Hi Phoebe how are you doing? Hi I'm good thank you how are you? I'm good Um, as I mentioned I'm really excited to have you here and to discuss this amazing topic that the solo show you know in the dark do you want to share more about that?
1: yeah um so basically uh where are we to so in 2021 um as i was coming up to my 25th birthday um in the uk and england you have your first smear test as a woman um and mine came back as HPV um, positive which is um it's short for the human papillomavirus Um, And a lot of women don't actually know but when you go for your smear test they are looking for HPV high strains so that's uh, number 16 and 18, um, which basically are the main causes for cervical cancer in women. Um, so they're looking for those and basically if you're HPV positive you then have a smear test a year later so start of this year 2022 I came back went for my smear test again um, and unfortunately my results came back as have being HPV positive but also then having abnormal cells and obviously reading that you're kind of like what the hell is this like abnormal cells what does that mean um, and luckily for me I I had a little bit of an inkling um, because my friend uh, Martha had also been through the exact same experience. Um, And when you have abnormal cells, you have to go for what's called a colposcopy, which is when they basically kind of go into the cervix like a bit deeper with um, a camera and then they take a sample of the abnormal cells. So luckily for me, like I did have a bit of an idea of like what the process was going to be, but it was still really like, scary kind of hearing that and then also kind of being a bit nervous about what was going to happen in the colposcopy how it was going to feel you know it's quite an intrusive procedure um so I went for my colposcopy it was quite um fairly like painful like it, it's kind of like when they take the sample it feels like straight away like period pains like really strong period pains um so they took sample and then a couple weeks later i got my results back um which was sin two so i can't remember exactly the the words that sin stands for it's quite medical and long but basically um sin one means that a third of your cervix's surface has abnormal cells so sin two is two-thirds sin three is three-thirds and then it kind of goes on from there um and then if it's like any like after sin four I think it is then like cervical cancer so basically the idea of having these um smear tests and then colposcopies is to prevent you and like and women from getting cervical cancer um and having spoken to my friend Martha and then my other friends like literally as soon as I got the results I was like this is mad like it seems to be so common but so many women are as like as I call the exhibition, are uh, in the dark about their cervix and their and their health and what's going on inside of them. Why we go for our smears, you know, so many women don't go for their smears and then it ends up escalating to, to cervical cancer and it is something that can be prevented. Um, so yeah, that's how it kind of started really. Um, just felt that there was a need for me to kind of, one, to have a creative outlet to kind of help process what was going on um, and it really did help that, but also um to like you said earlier to to raise awareness and to to spread it the information to not only just women but also men
0: absolutely and um i commend your bravery as well for going for that smear test um and 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 transmuting those you know those feelings of anxiety and and pain into amazing artwork uh, you know Mm -hmm. uh, photography your your first solo show as well but just going back a little bit you know There is an importance of being in service. As I always say, even on abstract medicine, you know, I'm a healer and I I talk about being of service a lot. Um, And this platform, Pay, is about being of service too and raising awareness and amplifying voices. And, you know, many people, women and men included, do need to um, definitely check on their health and their body. And you're raising awareness to also kind of like not for it not for it not to be a taboo I would say as well and yeah yeah of, like, definitely, confronting yeah. people with the images as well um yeah. and it's you know I think for women as well because our sexual organs are internal um they're not sort of exposed so we can't it, it's kind of tricky to get into a specific kind of like physical position in order to see and check ourselves so yeah when we sure. do when we do go through a smear test or a col- 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 colposcopy which I've also done as well and in my early 20s I also um, had abnormal cells and it's a horrible letter to receive like god am I abnormal like am I weird but it is very common it is and um, I just want to extend my compassion and my sisterhood towards you but you know I've also experienced something similar as well myself and as you know so many have too but talking about in the dark you know um there is a level of bravery of course to go as I said to to go and get that smear test done but we are so many of us still are in the dark about our physical health aren't we mm-hmm. amazingly in the uk we do have a health nat, you know a national health insurance where we don't have mm-hmm. to pay for that Yeah. um which is an amazing blessing in the us yes, that's sure. not a possibility yeah. at all yeah. um what's your what's been your response about the show generally speaking um have you had internet like people from the us for example speaking on it um or just what's the general response from the show in itself
1: um it's I mean yeah it's been quite amazing really um haven't really had I don't think I've had um I had one lady actually come to the show um from she was from the US but she we didn't get to have a conversation about you know the kind of healthcare and stuff like that but um yeah just like so many people like even men who came and one was like oh my girlfriend's going through this at the moment um and you know other women that have been like I've been through this and it's really amazing to to see work that's highlighting it and and being able to actually relate to it because Mm -hmm. even though it is so common so many women when they're going through it feel so alone um so the response has been like amazing like I've had other other women that either I know, or I went to school with, um, and have messaged me saying like they were have either been through it or they're going through it, um, and that yeah, like the kind of education I think on our bo- on our bodies and kind of taking away it being a taboo subject and being being more open about it is um yeah is really important, um, and yeah, just like some people just like really amazed, like you know some people have never heard of HPV. Um, which I which was actually quite um, quite a common thing with visitors Mm. was that they didn't even know what HPV was Um, and so so many people like don't um, which is understandable because it's not really you don't really get taught about it when you're at school when you're talking about like STIs and stuff Um, but it's it's there's like over 200 strains of it Um, so it's it's really like not popular, but it's like over i think it's like 80 percent of people will get once some type of strain of hpv in their lifetime mm-hmm. um but yeah it's not spoken about or people don't even know what it is
0: and how did you capture it exactly your your, your cervix you know we're talking about photography now so yeah yeah
1: um so when you're having your colposcopy um they have like obviously a little sort of camera that goes in and then it's kind of brought up on a, on a screen so that the gynecologist can like see what you're doing, but also there's an element of you being able to see what's going on, which, you know, some people, um, that helps them with kind of knowing what is like going on down there, but then for other people you kind of don't want to look, which is understandable either way. But, um, so because I got, had my results and knew I was going to have an ophthalmoscopy and knew Um, which was going to be, so I had my results in May, which is when my first Colposcopy was. And then I had another Colposcopy booked in for six months later, which was around the time of the photo fringe. Um, And at this point I didn't know I was going to definitely be showing um, the exhibition or even creating the work, Um, but I, as I got closer to it, and I created the first kind of bunch of photos in August, and then knew that I was going to be in the photo fringe, I was like, right, the colposcopy was like two weeks before my work was being shown. And I was like, okay, I know I want to, to get an image of the cervix. And at that time, I didn't know what how I would use that image. But I was just like, it's going to be important, important part of the exhibition. So I essentially just took my camera in and was like, and I take a photo of, of of like the screen, and he was like, yeah, of course, like it's your cervix, like do what you want kind of thing, um, so yeah, there's <laughs> me kind of lying there in the bed with my like legs wide open, just like holding my camera, taking a photo of um, my cervix that was on the yes. screen, um, which was really interesting, um, but yeah, also kind of amazing, because like unless you have a colposcopy or anything like that like you have no clue what your cervix and inside like looks like it's really quite weird and odd um Mm. but amazing at the same time
0: yeah it's kind of like a different world sort of. yeah (laughs) traveling somehow um and you know the the like the theme color of the show unfortunately I'm sorry I wasn't able to come to it I was in Los (laughs) Angeles at the time as you know um but I was sending so much like love and good vibes your way and um but the main color of the theme of the show is sort of red and black isn't it and Mm -hmm. you've got these amazing sort of like um filtrations of shade and tone um as well if have you also got some um fabric in the show like a sort of like an
1: insulation as well yeah yeah so um the so what I did with the, the photo of my cervix was then, because I'd already taken the photos, which were red and black, I then edited the scan to um kind of mimic the, the photos. So giving it a kind of red and black um, filter. And then we knew we had, so in the space that I had were two, they were basically two garage spaces next, like t- together. And so we kind of, it was split into two. So we had one room, which had the majority of the photos in, and then the other room, um, my curator um, Ricardo Roveron Blanco um, who's also known as Inner FGs on uh, Instagram we discussed about talking how we wanted that second room to kind of play around with light and dark um, so we we spoke about creating the image of my cervix into a projection um, and so I basically created the black and red filter over it and then made it lighter and more abstracted and then it would get darker and kind of add more detail and that was just playing on a loop in that second room and then we kind of like um, put some fabric up on the wall just so that because the whole gallery was painted black and mm. the projection just on the black wall obviously just wasn't like pinging enough and wasn't bright enough so we, we added the fabric But with the fabric just draping, it just didn't look quite right. Um, It looked like a presentation, it looked very like boxy. Mm -hmm. So then Ricardo was saying, you know, why don't we play around with the fabric, almost make it like an installation. Um, And then this actually became a really, really important part of the exhibition. Um, Started kind of pinning it in the wall and we were thinking about sort of skin and the inside. And as I was pinning it, it kind of reminded me of like the bed sheets that I was kind of lying in when So my second colposcopy was like pain wise, I don't know why, but was so much worse. And I was like bed bound for the rest of the day. And like I was just kind of like my body almost went into shock, I think, from the pain. Um, And then so, yeah, the pinning of the sheets and it felt like quite um, a reactive sort of thing to what had happened. Um, the pin pinning, the prodding, like you get very much like prodded like inside your cervix and the kind of awkward, uncomfortable pain, like it all just became this piece that like really brought it to life. Um, and also I was kind of looking at the shapes that were in the image and trying to mimic that. Um, and yeah, it just really helped, like I said, like bring that imagery to, to life instead of just being quite static and still on the wall.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I sort of was seeing I was I was seeing that objectively um, your intention behind the the fabric there with the kind of the tissues and the the inner linings of the vagina yeah. and then the entry um, canal yeah. up to the, the cervix. Um, yeah. And and, you know, and they always say when you're going through these smear tests to relax your muscles and it's obviously yeah. a very difficult thing to do yeah. when you've got strangers that are kind of prodding, prodding and poking, of course. The colour red, um, the colour red is also, as you know, I'm a psychic, is incredibly, and a mystic, is incredibly symbolic of blood, obviously, um, as well as survival Mm -hmm. um, and and existence. And of course, the the actual um, shedding of blood during the moon cycles, periods, etc. is obviously a a very female experience, a feminine female experience that... um, no other individual can experience unless you are a woman it's also yeah. the place and um portal of creation as well and you as a creator you've created a show out of an area of your body that can potentially create life um mm. in a situation that has i'm sure obviously has been very traumatic and quite isolating and to expose that vulnerability into the world is um is something that um know is is very honorable I would say um stepping out of your comfort zone for that Mm. um and as I said again bringing awareness and then you've also put this the, the show this exhibition is in the basement isn't it so it's it's quite interesting how it's kind of in the dark in the basement the walls are painted black
1: yeah it's it's not quite um a basement but it's yeah it's it's too it's really, it's really weird, it's in Brighton and they're, they're just two garage spaces but they're just, they're on the street as normal mm-hmm. um, but yeah, they were already painted black so it just worked like so well um, and we had loads of discussions actually about the fact that if that work was in a kind of normal sort of contemporary gallery with the white walls and everything, like it just would not give the same feeling that it, it did um, and also just adding to the like completely having that Room with the projection mm. completely like blacked out. Um, it just it just really really worked, and I was really lucky to to come across the space. Um, Claire, who is the uh, director of Photo Fringe, which was the the exhibition was part of in um in Brighton, um, she helped me to to find that space, um, which I was so thankful for because yeah, the work sort of happened so last minute so then actually trying to find a location for it was quite tricky um but someone dropped out and I was able to slip in and get that space which was really um everything aligned in the universe and just like yeah it was meant to be
0: absolutely and honestly these images uh, are just absolutely incredible they're so abstract and you know I'm an abstract artist myself so I'm, I'm like my eyes are like (laughs) Uh, it's like feasting my eyes right now I just love abstract forms and shapes so much because they're so much more personal to the viewer in their response and what they're looking at um and there's always like new discoveries of shapes and uh symbolism as well that can be discovered visually um
1: so you know this is your first solo show isn't it well yeah first first solo show and pretty much my like first ever proper show outside of university um which is quite mad really yeah it just kind of came out of nowhere <laughs> amazing and you know it was last minute as you said but uh-huh. how you know how did you
0: get into photography um I- I'd like to ask you some questions so how did how did you get into photography mm-hmm. um do you sell your work as well and also I mean uh, quite a few questions um who You know, how can people see your show online? Will you be turning it into a book as well? So first of all, we'll go with the first question. How did you get into photography?
1: <laughs> um, so growing up, my dad took a lot of photographs of my mum and I. Um, and you know obviously back then like all the photos you took were printed so i was very much surrounded at looking at those photos all the time and being very much aware of my dad kind of documenting life um so i think that's kind of how i how i got into it um and my family is quite um, quite creative anyway um so yeah I kind of started with that studied it uh in my a levels um but then kind of took a sort of turnaround so Um, I was kind of late teens was really obsessed with being a graphic designer Um, my dad's cousin was a really successful graphic designer and um, I think I'd been kind of twisted into thinking if I wanted to do anything artistic or creative I needed to be like a graphic designer because that's where the kind of money was Um, anyway years later when I was studying it at uni kind of realized it's not really for me Um, but my third and final year the way I kind of you basically got to choose all your own briefs so I kind of twisted it so that I was using my own photography to create books and to create magazines and, and do the layout design for those which really worked Um and then I worked for an events agency and I was doing a lot of vide- videography design and photography for them but it was very corporate um, and I realized that I really did just wanna do photography. Um, every time I had that camera in my hand, it was snapping away like that, it just felt right for me. Um, and then I ended up just a quick get out from that job. I just ended up working at Waitrose um, and then started volunteering for Fabrica Gallery in Brighton. And they found that I could take photos. So I started to photograph their exhibitions, their workshops, very much documenting um, people and what I saw. Um, And then from then I just kind of flourished and I basically became like a freelance, full-time freelance photographer, um, working with art organizations um, and galleries around Brighton. Um, And then I knew I always wanted a personal practice, but every kind of photographer and project I'd seen online or in exhibitions, I always found that the ones that really worked were ones that kind of linked to personal experiences. and I, for me, I'm a very personal, meaningful, I kind of like things to have meaning. Um, and I've always been very like open about sharing feelings and and emotions and things like that. So for me, I knew it needed to be something that I'd experienced for it to be close to my heart and for me to really understand what I was producing and, and why. Um, yeah, and then basically the cervical like cervix and kolposki things happened and it just felt like the right time to to create a more personal practice
0: amazing and um that's incredible like you, there was obviously your calling is photography and it just kept yeah. showing up going you need to do this and it, clearly you obviously have an eye for it <laughs> no pun intended but you do um and I know you've captured my friends as well uh mm. Christina and Maytha um yeah. And you seem to be doing a lot of artist portraits, which I know um, you'll be doing mine at some point soon yeah. as well, um, when when our schedules align. Um, yeah. And yeah, you just always seem to capture people really well. I'm just looking at your photography of, of <laughs> humans, of people, um, yeah. as well at this time. Um, what is it that you love about taking pictures of people, so portraits? Um,
1: it, it's a weird one, really, because i i'm quite an anxious person and so when i got back into photography kind of the idea of being up close and personal and taking someone's portrait was quite a very high anxiety sort of thing for me um and i kind of i started taking the portraits for artist portraits when i um when i first met christina so um christina i had on who's with it has been on the podcast before um, her residency um, and effort in Soho um, the first artist she had Walter and Zoniel I'd actually met a couple years earlier when I was working for Fabrica gallery and their photographer had dropped out and they basically um said to like recommended me to Christina so I went and photographed them and then she just loved the photos and then since then um which was October last year so basically been doing them for a year now with her um it just moved on from them but the reason why I like doing artist portraits is because it gives you an opportunity to to see up and close how artists work be able to talk to them about their work but on a very personal level um and someone who's always grown up like being into the arts whether that's like fine arts you know sculpture painting ev- like everything it's just it's such an honor to be able to get to be in, so- in someone's space and to really um, be able to find out about their art- artistic practice um and the more I've been doing it the more confident I've I feel with we've taking the photographs and kind of creating an image. Um, but for me, it's it's always about how I see it, like the essence of that space, that person very much trying to show them and not direct them too much. Um, obviously there has to be a little bit of direction or really kind of thinking about how you compose that that image and space. But um <clears throat> yeah, I just wanna I just wanna capture that moment and them and not really. Not show something else, um but yeah,
0: yeah was, I do, yeah. And I, I yeah, I do I do see that. i I, I appreciate that um visually, like the captures that you do take of um your portraits are so candid and natural, and they're not like staged mm-hmm. and kind of like fake. and it seems like the people that you do capture in the arts are really comfortable in your presence because it really shows, mm-hmm. you know, it really shows in the image um and they don't seem to be wearing a mask either like all of the people that I've seen on your portfolio online um they don't seem to be wearing a mask that their guard is down um where can people see your um your artwork and your
1: show um my show well, i don't actually sorry your no photography sure. yeah, <laughs> yeah my my in, in the dark show can um my i think it might still be on the photo fringe website um so literally if you go into google put photo fringe brighton it, it should come up um and then I'm still currently working on my website so hopefully by the end of the year it will it is literally www.phoebewingrove.com um it should all all be up on there um but otherwise at the moment just follow me on my Instagram which is just phoebe wingrove um but yeah so yeah it's kind of getting used to I don't know I've just just been kind of coasting I suppose and now suddenly I've got actual like personal practice and stuff. And it's kind of being aware of like, you know, if people want to continue seeing this, like where do they see it and stuff? But I am, yeah, I am working on on yeah. bringing the website together.
0: Yeah. And I have no doubt that the momentum is going to keep picking up its pace because again, you you capture people's essences so well, mm-hmm. and I think more and more people, you know, you know, the arts are is also such a small world. So we yeah, always love sure. to reconnect, especially if you are a nice and kind person. Yeah. That usually <laughs> will turn into your favor as well. And yeah. we all just want to sort of support each other and lift each other up. Yeah. Um. And do, will you be selling your work? Or have I you will sold be. your? Yeah,
1: I haven't yet. I will be. It is in the line to to, to be happening. Um. So. Uh, The images that I took uh, for the exhibition in the dark, um, there are seven photographs, Um, the projection imagery of the cervix won't be sold, um, but there will be 10 editions um, of the prints. so technically nine because I'm keeping the first ones, um, but yeah, there will be additions. Um, Photo Fringe have got an online shop that they've now opened, um, so they will be eventually sold on there. Um, so, yeah, I will keep you updated with that. Um, but yeah, it's also it's all been such a massive like learning curve as I don't know, kind of being a photographer for a job. And then also now kind of coming into the more kind of being of, a, I don't know, a lens-based artist or a photographer or artist, however you want to call it. Um, because, um, yeah, kind of, I suppose, because I didn't study photography, um, there's been a lot that I've had to learn, like curatorial-wise, uh, printing-wise, and then also um, selling. And then how much do you sell things for, etc So, yeah, lots to learn, but I'm enjoying it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's it's definitely a learning curve when you you turn your love of doing something creative into a viable business and then the business mm-hmm. hat, you know, needs to be put on yeah. and and learning um and researching and studying all of that. Mm-hmm. What's been the main takeaway out of your whole experience having done the solo show and effectively going commercial?
1: Um I don't know maybe like trust in trust in what you know um I think because I've taken something that is my experience it's been a lot easier to give the passion um and push that it really it really needs to um to make it work and to ex- exhibit it and then to carry it on um and commercially wise and stuff as well like I suppose like persistence Um, just carrying it on knowing trusting what you're doing is is the right thing and that you're you're going in the right way and that if you carry on like something will come from it part of why I kind of looked at the name in the dark was also due to the fact that hpv is is invisible um you very rarely as a woman get many symptoms you might get slight bleeding after sex um but with being a woman like that can be from so many other things um so actually knowing that you have HPV in itself is yeah just kind of like you're very you don't know that it's there you have no major signs you then also don't know if it's getting better or getting worse um so this was quite um an important part of the exhibition and, and kind of creating the work um, with the ab using uh, the abstractness to as a kind of like gateway really to um, visualize the invisibility of it. Um, the reason why I kind of used those abstract shapes was because I wanted to viewers to kind of feel this sense of intrigueness and and kind of questioning what are they actually looking at so that they had a bit of an inkling into kind of the feeling that me and other women feel when you are experience, experiencing experience in HPV mm-hmm. um so it, it's a gateway to kind of visualize something that is invisible um but also we kind of spoke about the idea of the ethical and kind of moral side of visualizing suffering and illness um which is quite an interesting kind of topic to think about. Um, For me, I knew that basically the, the photos I took are of my friend Martha who experienced, had kind of her experience before mine. And I felt like I wanted to use her because she was, her experience was like my first experience of HPC and kind of knowing what it was. Um, and I knew that I didn't want to identify her um, and to have any kind of anyone's identity linked to it because I wanted one if you had experience with HPV to see the images and be able to relate to it yourself Um, but also for viewers that hadn't experienced HPV to to not I don't know kind of take HPV and put and kind of link it to one identity because there's so many people that experience it Um, and I wanted it to be quite quite open um and we were saying as well like if I took a photo of me just kind of in hospital sort of sat on the bed like I don't think the viewers would get the same sort of um feeling from it and the kind of emotion I think the abstract use of the colors and the compositions really helped to to give them that sense of feeling um and I think yeah if I was just kind of documenting myself in the hospital they they wouldn't quite be able to get that that feeling as strongly.
0: Absolutely. And um, which, which kind of cameras do you use,
1: just out of interest? Um, so I usually shoot with my um, Canon 5D Mark IV. Um, and the images that I took, I basically used my, I think it was my prime 35 lens. Um, mm-hmm. And I took all the photos slightly out of focus. Yeah. So I wanted that to add to the abstractness and the kind of um, like me and Martha were discussing the kind of unawareness of HPV you have um, and that questioning sort of adding to the slightly being out of focus, being like, you Mm. know, what what am I quite looking at? Um, And then a lot of it was actually, um, I then used red filters on my lighting, but a lot of it was then actually um, post-production like editing afterwards. Um, So, you know, in, when I put them onto my computer, I kind of really pushed, the black in some of the images and then kind of push the red a little bit more in others um to really play around with the kind of feeling and abstractness um but also because it was kind of like giving me that sense of control back that I didn't have with with having HPV
0: yeah tell me tell me more about that giving yourself sort of that control back to yourself as you were editing your photography
1: yeah it was it was interesting That I just I don't the, the images that I took compared to the ones I then kind of edited and created like completely different, but I knew I had this like strong sense of what I wanted them to look like. Um, and yeah, having HPV like an abnormal cells, you lose all control, all sense of control. Like you have, like I said earlier, you have no idea if it's getting better. You have no idea if it's getting worse. You have no idea what the next step's going to be. So when I was then editing them being able to really create and compose these images to show what I'm feeling what my friend was feeling to relate to people I think was quite an important part of it Um, yeah kind of I don't know sometimes I feel like in this day and age of like photography and stuff that kind of post-production and kind of editing to not be the real thing is kind of not done as much anymore. Um, yeah, but it became like such an important part to to explore and and be playful with with the images that the viewers um, the viewers saw. Um, and actually, a lot of the viewers genuinely thought that they were actually of cells and like of the in inner body. So the fact that I was able to create that digitally and manipulate them how I wanted them to then be kind of seen exactly how I wanted them to be seen and being abstract at the same time was quite um an amazing thing really absolutely and as
0: I said I'm looking at your um I mean I I kind of almost want to say paintings (laughs) Um, yeah, yeah. because of that soft focus that there is very there is something very abstract obviously abstract non-figurative about it um non-personal but there is the obviously the element of the body and that cellular um identification is quite apparent um but you know obviously that softness of the of the soft focus as well it's kind of it's a very it's a very painterly um thing to do and obviously photography is just a, another extension of uh, of yeah. of capturing of capturing the human existence of course but mm-hmm. also capturing um life yeah. um and you know, I'd love to talk to you about, you know, this this unique sort of selling point as well that you're kind of getting into with this new sort of abstract visual form that you're creating for yourself. And And is that something that you're going to continue pursuing um, in your sort of own um, identity as a photographer in your own projects moving forward outside of you capturing portraits?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think it will be. Um, definitely for the near future so um, I want In the Dark to be almost like a series Um, so I'm going to be looking at other invisible illnesses that women experience specifically kind of like close friends or family um, to me so um, my mum for instance she has bipolar so that's something that I've always wanted to capture and photograph Um, and my friend um went through um vaginismus um and myself with anxiety and there's so many kind of yeah illnesses that I want to to look at that can feel you leaving very much in the dark and are invisible. so I want to continue playing around with that abstract um abstract visualizing because like I said earlier one so that it's more universal more people can um kind of relate to it or get some sort of feeling from it um, by using different colours um and different shapes to kind of compose um a feeling of that um <clears throat> of that illness and, and project. Um, and I've already got all the ideas kind of coming together, um, the different colours I want to use, how how I'm going to kind of explore you know, looking at different shapes of the body to show a different illness. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm really excited to kind of to do that. Um, and it, you know, I chose to go down more an abstract path, not because only it it helped with the project and the content that I, I was showing, but also because photography is my day job. Um, and I take a lot of portraits and and kind of your usual sort of photography that I really wanted to push and explore my personal practice um and because I've always you know been into fine art and paintings and, and different mediums that trying out something um, more abstract within photography um which is something I really wanted to explore absolutely
0: and <laughs> I, I definitely am feeling really excited myself about this this theme and all um and other sort of subsections of that theme you're going to yeah. continue about making the invisible visible mm. um, in abstract form and I'm really excited to see it. Do, do you see yourself also publishing a book as well?
1: Um, <clears throat> it's weird because I've actually had <clears throat> sorry <clears throat> um, I've actually had like other photographers um, mention book form. Um, at the moment I don't. Um, but maybe once I've done more of the projects and have more content than that possibly then um, a book like once I've yeah once I've done all the kind of illnesses that I want to show within within in the dark project that then um, a book would would be quite nice like now that I can see it like in the dark like maybe like a black outer cover or something that that would be really nice but I think that would definitely be something to kind of come at the end when I felt that I'd visualized all the kind of illnesses that I wanted to, um, explore.
0: Yeah. I mean, I definitely see that in your future. Um, (laughs) I definitely see you, um, sort of having some sort of hard copy, um, or catalog or a a nice little book that people can see, um, and, 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 and look at as well. Um, just, Just before um, we go into your questions about your influences and your inspiration, Mm -hmm. um, how do you feel like photography is changing or adapting in the light of um, social media, Instagram in particular? And I know this is kind of like a a, a kind of obvious question, but I'm really intrigued to hear, and I'm sure the high pay listeners would also love to hear your point of view as a photographer.
1: Mm. Um, It's it's interesting because I like, as a photographer I'm and I think like most other creatives like you've now got Instagram and TikTok and you're constantly seeing content and other people's work and that's where you kind of start to compare and 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 have that kind of like um imposter syndrome and stuff like that that comes into it um and I think for me like sometimes I go down the path of like ah oh, should I be doing more film photography because everything I see at the moment on on Instagram is is very heavily film whether it's um medium format large format using just your like 35 mil um it's so in your face and you're questioning like should I do that but also I I don't know it, it might just be one of those things that is, a trend and it will start to pass and go into other things um but I think it's so important to take yourself away from that and really trust like what you're doing um I think from what I've seen like the work that really stands out to me is people that are really pushing the boundaries and are having fun and are trying new things um I think don't get me wrong like medium format like portraits and and photography are stunning and the colours and tones that you get are just you you can't replicate in in a digital format um but the work that I see kind of like more alternative processes um, of photography like cyanotypes and mm-hmm. um sort of salt printing and stuff that really I think when you kind of overlap the the lines between photography fine art textiles and you really kind of try out all the processes that that's when you get something really special um and I suppose there's there's no right or wrong way of doing it um but I think try and not be and I'm saying this to myself as well because like we give advice and then we we get stuck in ourselves but really try and just follow what you're doing and don't be afraid to kind of push the limits and, and and try different things and not get um, carried away by seeing a certain type of photography and thinking, oh, everyone else is doing that. I should be doing that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm really interested about the kind of film photography, um, whether it is just a phase at the moment, whether it's going to come out of that phase again or whether it's it's here to stay um i'd love to try it but at the moment funding wise <laughs> um it's a very expensive form of photography and also i think considering that i created my print and an art from just a digital camera and then doing kind of post production on there um i think almost like more needs to be open within the kind of photography medium um so that people like me aren't kind of afraid or pull back a little bit from the fact that we're not doing film photography like and that that shouldn't be um any less more of a, a photograph and, and photography work kind of thing
0: yeah i mean i i do see what you're saying about you know it photography and on film um sort of possibly being a phase Um, but it's quite an exciting moment I think it's kind of like a little bit of an opening into Mm. um, traditional methods of capturing an image Um, let's say traditional methods which is interesting because photography ended up being such a pioneering technical achievement after painting (laughs) Um, that now it's become sort of like something that's been pushed into the attic <laughs> yeah, yeah. in the past and for me as a fine artist obviously I highly appreciate photography as I'm sure yeah. you know. and um but I think I guess I guess there is something to be said about you know quote-unquote influencers um who are using their own sort of like even throw away cameras and Mm. and using that and putting those images online that aren't heavily edited, for example, um, unfiltered. um, That's quite interesting. For me, it's quite Mm. exciting to see Um, because it seems to me that people generally, you know, there's kind of like a trickle down effect with if influencers are using that sort of medium, then it sort of trickles down into the general populace. And I think that that sort of... um, you know using throwaway cameras and like taking pictures um of your holiday for example and waiting for the image to be developed it, mm-hmm. it's there is a magic in that and i think yeah, that sure. people are sort of seeing things in a different perspective mm-hmm. seeing the visuals in a different perspective that they can actually launch into something from the past um that they hadn't even developed a for a long time b yeah. launching and um developing and redeveloping new ideas of photo making or, fo- or image making as yeah. well as using a, a technical um, object uh, machine that's also from the past that is um, yeah. used in the present and obviously using different methods in film you know uh, movies as well um, yeah have you got one last thing to say about photography and yeah. on
1: online yeah I think I think as well it's more about like not necessarily the device you use, um, but more like how you see something and how you create the image. Um, I'm actually um, teaching a workshop start of next year at the Phoenix Gallery in Brighton um, that will be basically only using smartphones or iPhones to create, to take photos with, um, but really kind of playing around and exploring how you see something and how you photograph it. So whether that's completely changing your angle, like from getting high above or or down below or from the side and and thinking more about that composition rather than you know just holding your phone and going, yeah, take that photo, like having fun with, you know, everyone now basically is most likely has an iPhone or a smartphone. Um, and they do amazing things now. But I think it's more, yeah, being a bit more explorative and and how can you have fun and You know taking um, a photo with um, that device um, because they're quite handy like you can really get in to like small spaces and have fun with with creating imagery and not just just literally holding it and and pressing the button Um, so I'm quite interested in in doing that and um, exploring more absolutely I agree and
0: and also it sounds like you're going to be teaching the technicalities of composition as well which, again, is another sort of fine art principle of of image making, Um, Mm -hmm. which is amazing. That sounds great. Um, When are you going to be doing those workshops so that people can, if they are in Brighton or if they're in London, they can come down and come to them?
1: Yeah, so they'll be um, on Monday evenings for six weeks, starting from, I think it's January 15th. Um, And yeah, that's with the Phoenix Art Space Gallery in Brighton. Amazing um so let's go into the
0: the element of the um podcast that i also find really fun um yeah. about your inspirational people so can you name today uh, it might might be different from yesterday or a year ago three inspirational
1: people in your life in your work um so one sort of that i would say um and she's been on already is Christina Ohannon. I just completely admire her work ethic, her ability to give kind of platform and opportunities to these artists that are in her residency, um, as well as that, just her kind of um, knowledge of the arts, um, specifically kind of more in like the Middle East. Um, I actually, we connected quite well because I actually grew up in Abu Dhabi when I was younger. Um, so yeah. So her outlook and knowledge of the art world kind of that's booming and growing out there. Um, I find is like really interesting. Um, and yeah, just like, yeah, just kind of in awe of her really. and, And all the hard work she puts into everything. Um, so yeah, that would be number one at the moment. Um, Then there is someone I follow on Instagram called um, Piera. And I think her Instagram name is Piera Luisa. Okay. I was thinking whether
0: it was one of my friends from school. I (laughs) have a
1: friend who's Piera. who's also Italian as well. She's actually um, based in America, in New York. Um, Mm -hmm. But she always just like, she's obviously a a creative herself, but she always just like, comes across in her content and videos as this really like fun creative um person and and her outlook on work and life is just like i think really inspiring and just to sometimes remind ourselves like not to be so serious all the time um and to actually enjoy and have fun with what you're creating and not always thinking about why am I like, what is this for? Like, what's the outcome of this and the kind of serious things that that surround it, especially as an artist and creative where you're having to be a person of everything, like your finances, your marketing and and business stuff as well as actually, yeah, enjoying um the art that you're creating. Um, and then finally, I'd probably say, um, <laughs> probably my friend. Who was my creator of the show, Ricardo? Um, all right, like his he just taught me so much about photography and about how you curate um an exhibition. Um the questions he used to really like push how I was thinking about my work, um, and how that linked from the actual work itself to then exhibiting it. Um, He's actually at the moment, an assistant curator for PhotoWorks, which Mm -hmm. is a photography organization in Brighton. Um, And yeah, his, again, his knowledge and um, the way he, um, he's such a hard worker and just his outlook on photography um, is just really inspiring to me. Um, I think for me, like inspiring people, like I did a, a PGCE teaching A-level a photography as well last year. So the element of knowledge and education is something that I've always looked up to. Um, and it's something for me that I really want to push myself kind of, I always wanted to study history of art when I was at college, but unfortunately just before I started, they took it off the, um, off the courses that you could do. Um, and I just think that element of knowledge and education and research can really um change and influence how you are and what you create as an artist
0: absolutely um just wonderful examples as well um that you've you've highlighted those you know three inspirational people and you know who knows maybe maybe we maybe we could ask Ricardo if he wants to come to the show
1: what do you think do you think he'll be Yeah yeah no it? yeah definitely I think he'd um he'd be really up for that um yeah he's worked on some really great projects um and obviously then um curating my show which was amazing um and like I honestly couldn't have done it without him um and he knows that so <laughs> amazing and
0: you know in terms of the art history as well you know you can always you can always uh you know re-educate yourself yeah. obviously no, yeah, through reading sure. books yeah. and like going yeah. to online um sessions and things like that or yeah, courses. No, uh, the learning never stops honestly
1: yeah <laughs> um, which is which is what I love about it yeah. um it is great like I've been reading a book called on Un- unwell women um which is so interesting like literally just um talking kind of looking into women in medical history and how our bodies were used and not really looked at properly and not given um the medical time um and that is still now kind of happened throughout history and is still affecting us to, to this day now
0: yeah absolutely I was just thinking about lobotomies back in the yeah. past that women had to uh unfortunately go through and it's just just absolutely yeah. in yeah horrific um But anyway, let's uh, let's get into the part about your tips and tricks. So Mm -hmm. what would you offer the high pay listeners who are wanting to get into photography or just, you know, visual making Mm
1: -hmm. or in the
0: arts in general? Three tips and tricks.
1: Okay, so getting into photography, I'd say probably number one is just start shooting. Um, Whether you've got a phone or a small kind of digital camera, um, I think try and get rid of that fear of just starting take that leap um and literally just start start shooting um you learn so much from just doing without even necessarily all the information and, and knowledge that you need then I think once you get into that um routine of of just kind of shooting and capturing things that you're interested in um like for instance I used to Um, last year I haven't done it for a while but I used to just go for a walk around my local park with my iPhone and just literally look around and whatever kind of took my took my interest I just captured with my iPhone and then played around with settings after and kind of turned them into um, black and white images and they were they turned out really nice Um, so yeah I'd say number one definitely just just go for it just start shooting Um, then I'd say number two knowledge, kind of research, Um, you know, go on Instagram, find um, photographers work that you're interested in, and then start to, like you said, online, YouTube, there is so much out there resources wise for you to learn. Um, whether that's you wanting to get a better idea of how to use your SLR camera with the um, manual settings, like it's all doable. You can you can learn how to do it, um, and I think that's what's really great about photography as well. I think it's quite like an accessible um, art. Um, so yeah, so start shooting, then start doing your kind of research. Whether that's looking at people you're inspired by or looking at how to use certain settings on your camera um and then maybe just like like persistence really and and again following what you know um and what you love um because I think anything that you're interested in um and it's funny because I remember listening to Maythe's podcast she was saying about it really shows when someone is is creating work around what they're passionate about um and I think that that's so true like it it's so much more in depth um, and more informative and emotional when you follow something that you're passionate about Um, yeah and make time for it as well if you enjoy it then yeah make the time for it
0: absolutely wonderful tips and tricks there for aspiring photographers and creatives in general Um, yeah absolutely and your last word of wisdom or words of wisdom that you would offer anyone out there? Who's listening in on this podcast?
1: Um, I would say try new things and I'd say, and I'm not going to say, don't be afraid to try new things because you will be afraid to try it and that's fine, but do it and get, and just because once you, you will be afraid to try it, but once you've tried it, you'll be amazed at like how what you've gained from that experience even if it's good even if it's bad you will have gained something and that is going to help you develop as an artist as a creative um reflecting on what you've learned and if it is a good thing then then great like you've done something new and you then might that might be a new pathway for you but if you don't try it you're, you're never going to know um and I think that's something that you know, I've um, experienced a lot with my with my practice, whether that's my more artistic practice or my work in practice. That um, yeah, like I said, I'm a very anxious person, so I get very nervous um, about doing new things and meeting new people. Um, and you are scared up until the moment you do it, but once you do it, um, yeah, you'll you'll gain a lot, and it will really help um, develop you um, in your career or as a person.
0: Totally and you know as an artist that's been doing this for a while um, I am also bizarrely quite an introverted person and you just take one step and then mm-hmm. you just keep taking those steps and whatever project you, you do create ends up leading into the next project another gig meeting people. Yeah, sure. um, it's it it, it like
1: a snowball continuously it's, it's mad like yeah and when Wait, you love it
0: and when yeah. you love it, it just it just transpires and it really does. Um yeah. Phoebe, it's been so lovely having here, you here on Hype. A. Um, thank you yeah, so much. I hope you, you enjoyed it.
1: <laughs> oh, I really, I really did. Honestly, thank you so much for inviting me um to yeah, talk about my work and yeah, share it with everyone. So yeah, thank you. Amazing. And uh that was
0: Phoebe Wingrove, everyone. That's it on this episode. Um, If you would like to see Phoebe online, you can find her work on Instagram. She's working on her website at this time. And um, all the information is going to be obviously in and on, online, all over the place. So we hope you like this episode on High Pay. Make sure to follow us on High Pay Voices on Instagram, High Pay Voices. That's it, on Instagram. We're all across all platforms, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify. Make sure to leave us a review on those platforms too. Let us know your thoughts as well by sending us a message, a DM on Instagram, share your suggestions and insights if you like, and anyone who would like to come as well that you would like to hear on high pay, just do send us those suggestions. Our episodes drop every Thursday. Thank you and see you in the next episode with another inspiring and exciting guest. Ciao for now.